Hello and thanks for listening to the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please email dave.salmon at beyondradio.co.uk or you can send me a direct message on Twitter at dpsalmon. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After... Tries to get into the chest of Stockton. Good touch. chest down to Callum Jones, and then a bit of space on this left-hand side for Wes McDonald to run into. Wes might pull the trigger with his right foot. You know he does. Oh, oh good oh, effort! It was great effort from Wes McDonald, and a good save low down to his right-hand side by Mitoff to tip it around the post. Here come Cambridge on the edge of the box. That is a oh, fantastic volley into the top corner by Ben Warman, and the deadlock broken here on 28 minutes here at the Mazuma Stadium. And again, you have to say, we switched off at the back. We didn't think there was any danger. There was. It fell nicely for Warman. And I recognise his first senior goal for Cambridge United with an absolute peach of a left-footed volley into the top corner of Jochen Andresen's net to make it more nil, Cambridge United won. Well, first and foremost, that is a world-class finish. I think, I think Jochen Andresen got fingertips on it, but... I don't think any keeper saves that. Right into the top left corner. But like you say, again, could we have done better to, to clear the first ball over the top? But yeah, I mean, again, you look at just how well Morecambe started this game. And yet we find ourselves one goal behind. It's Oxford United all over again. Nice and solid for the first 25 or so minutes. And then just one moment of switch off and the ball's in the back of the net. Great, fin- great finish, like you say, Matt. Yeah, take nothing Cracking away from the volley, lad. Superb technique, but he wasn't closed down on the edge of the box. No, you can't give him that space, can you? Warman, the scorer of the only goal so far, comes away with it and gets it out towards Ocadina on the right-hand side. Good touch. Crosses it towards the edge of the box, cleared by Anto Connor. It's low down to his left-hand side. That's a fine block one-on-one by Jochen Andresen to deny Cambridge United's top scorer of doubling the lead. In, in my point of view, Dave, we've got to do better there defensively again. We just backed off, didn't we, a little bit as they approached forwards. And it was a fine ball into uh, into the path of the top scorer. But it's a fantastic save from Jocko Anderson. Ironside gets it out to Ocadina and chips it towards the back post where it's headed away by Ryan McLaughlin into the path of Wes McDonald. And they get to a bit of a tangle here and Cambridge might be in round the back. Ocadina plays oh, it in, oh, he's in the post. He's in the post. Keeper was beaten. Jabril Ocadina tries to keep it alive down this side. Oh, it was Harvey Nibs. He got in there. Cambridge just in round at the back stick. Ball across and Nibs hits the woodwork. Mitoff has got a great right boot on him and that's a slightly route one from Cambridge but they'll certainly take it as the cross comes in and it's going to be the substitute Shiloh Tracy oh, might be going no, down yeah. and the, the tackle of Scott Wooten and the referee Bobby Madley points to the penalty spots. Referee Madley on the, right on the spot there on the edge of the box. It was only a few yards away. He had no hesitation in pointing to this penalty spot. And with 19 minutes to go here at the Mazuma Stadium, Cambridge United striker Joe Ironside has the opportunity to double Cambridge United's advantage here in League One. Ironside right-footed. Anderson went the right way, but it was too far in the corner. Ironside bags his seventh goal of the campaign and doubles the use advantage. Morecambe nil, Cambridge United two. And there we go. Referee Bobby Madley puts the whistle to his lips. 
and it's a really, it's a bitterly disappointing night for Morecambe. We started the game pretty brightly, nice and solid, good shape about us as well. We didn't test the goalkeeper. We didn't look like scoring tonight, Morecambe fans, I'm afraid. There's lots of work during the international break for Stephen Robinson to do. We don't play again now in League One for nearly three weeks. We've got to come up with a formula of winning games of football and getting points on the board if we are not going to get sucked in too much into a relegation battle. Thanks as ever uh, for your company. And if you've got in touch, of course, via the hashtag Morecambe fans, try and keep your heads up. We're not far away from being a good side. I still genuinely believe that we're not far away. We just need to find that extra 10% of something. I don't know what that something is but something from somewhere to kickstart and galvanise our season. Here at the Mazuma Stadium this Tuesday night, in front of 3,414, it's finished Morecambe nil, Cambridge United 2. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps Verdict on Beyond Radio. That was the worst performance of the season. Is you know, I, I think I... I speak the truth, you lose games and sometimes you lose the better teams. You know, I thought we played very, very well on large parts of the game on Saturday and lost the game. You can live with it. But tonight we didn't compete. We didn't pass the ball. We didn't test our keeper once. You know, we probably didn't need to put his gear on tonight. So, you know, it was a, a really, really poor performance um, after the first 10, 15 minutes where we started brightly. But once they scored, we looked like we were beat. You know, um, people need to prove they can play at this level first and foremost you know we know that we put the squad together very very quickly and I've challenged the boys in there now that you know this is this is tough we, we knew this would happen we expected us to have a tough season and our aim was to stay in this division and it will be an absolute battle but you know Cambridge came here they were men we were boys and I think the first tackle I've seen since I came to the club where there was any kind of venom in it and meaning in it was Freddie Price when he came on with the, with the enthusiasm so some of the younger lads like him and, and Alfie and Callum actually showed some fire in their belly. There's a lot of boys with question marks now, um, whether they can come to this level and perform. They've shown in patches they can. But, you know, when you don't compete, we didn't. We didn't compete. The boy up front bullied us. Um, he threw us about at times, and, and that's been a common denominator throughout the season. And, you know, we, we didn't put a tackle in. We didn't lay a finger on them, didn't lay a glove on them. They came with a game plan. We thought we were doing well because we passed in front of them for the first or the game and we created no chances you know, no chances in goal you deserve to lose the game if you don't compete you don't pass and you don't press you, you deserve to lose the game It was so unlike your team in many ways here especially because you played so much good football so many thrilling games this year just didn't quite click did it? No we were poor yeah, look, I, I hold my hands up I came out and people probably criticised me for saying we played well on Saturday we did you know if you're if you, you know, if we're a team that's maybe not overly physical and that's exactly what I need to add at Christmas. I need I need someone in midfield that can break play up and tackle. I need somebody that's going to come and head the ball and dominate. Well, you know, make no mistake. I know that. But when we know we've got good footballers, we didn't play. We didn't pass the ball. We didn't do either. We didn't compete or pass the ball. We didn't press. And as I say, the younger boys um, that came on, Freddie that came on showed enthusiasm. I have nothing else. And and Alfie, were, you know, he showed bravery to get on the ball and play. And yeah, he made mistakes. Uh, mistakes I can live with. A lack of bravery, which was tonight, you know, and ultimately I, I take the blame. I have to sort the problem out. I know what it is. And, you know, we're, we're now challenging people. You have to rise to the keys and to prove you can compete at this level because it's tough, very tough. 
third of the way through the season, long way to go, long way to, long time to make those changes and to make those improvements. Yeah, and, and still plenty of time for people to step up. You know, we've got a lot of games before Christmas. Yes, we're going to strengthen no matter what. Even if we were doing well, we were going to strengthen. We put 17 players together very, very late on. Um, we've got a new head of recruitment in, hopefully starts this week. Um, and we know what we need, but the players are in the building. You know, they, they need to step up. They need to step up. And, you know, I've got decisions, whatever back four I put in, we seem to make mistakes. And as a collective, as a team, they're not getting enough protection. And people know that, and they have to stand up and take responsibility for it. I stand up and take responsibility. We give them every tool in the book to, to be successful in terms of analysis. Um, and that's not getting through to some. So, you know, they either change the, the mistakes or change the people that are making the mistakes, and we're going to have to do that. You mentioned the head of recruitment there. Is that someone to widen the net even further? Yeah, we have to. You know, look, we're, we're not everybody's first choice. We're not going to be the top of everybody's list, but we have to be prepared. You know, we, we can't go into the Christmas window not being prepared. Um, you know, we have to put people in place to, to try and stay competitive at this level. It was our main aim, you know, and you might get criticised for coming out there, but you know, let's be honest, this was the aim, stay at this level. Still plenty of opportunities for, for us to do that and win football matches. And there's a group of players that have shown at times they can compete at this level. But we've been a team that's passed the ball. We didn't pass the ball tonight. We're a team that pressed. We didn't press tonight. We haven't competed in large amounts of games in terms of first balls and second balls. And we didn't do that again tonight. So people need to step up. You know, we, It's not just with the ball. It's without the ball as well. And you know, players make fools of you sometimes. You know, we, Everything we do is... When we're attacking, you're defending at the same time. It's a it's a team game. You know, your back four have to be prepared for counter attacks. At times, we're so naive, and it's uh, you know it's it's really disappointing. It's a it's an embarrassing performance as a manager for me, and it's something we need to rectify very quickly. Well, Ryan, a two 0 home defeat. Uh, disappointed evening for you. Yeah, we just weren't at the races, and us as players, we have to take full responsibility because. The simple jobs that we were set out to do, we didn't do, and um, to a man, we just we didn't turn up, and um, that's not a reflection of our the way we are, the way we play, and um, no, it was just one of them nights we just didn't play well at all, and um, it's a long season obviously, but we just have to we have to go again really on Saturday. Looking at my notepad, you started off pretty well, first ten minutes, couple of half chances, but then after that, nothing in my pad at all. Yeah, we had a, we had a very good start, feeling confident, and. Um, I don't know, obviously we went 1-0 down from a, through a very good goal and don't know, just don't know why our, our heads just dropped and I mean we have 70 minutes left of the game so we can go easily go on and win it and um, I feel like we're we're a better team, we just didn't show it, we're just, as, a, as players we just have to take full responsibility for that performance, it just wasn't good enough. Talking about that first goal from Ben Warman, I mean it's happened a few times this year but it was an absolute stunner wasn't it? Yeah, and um, I just think it's, I don't know, it shouldn't really knock the stuffing out of us. It's only in the first half, like we can come back, like in this league, you're going to come up against good players, players that can um, score goals like that, and that shouldn't really sort of set you back too much. It should, you should um, push on, and um, we had 70 minutes there to sort of gather ourselves and go for the equaliser, and um, I just I just thought we were just we were miles off it really as, as individual performances, and um, no, we just... But us as players, we just have to take full blame on that. We was we were just not good enough. Going forward, at times you looked okay, but the final ball again, all too often it was uh, wayward. Exactly, and um, you know, like the gaffer says, this is about getting balls in the box as much as possible because it co- it causes problems. It 
causes teams problems. We've got Cole Stockton in, in um, unbelievable form, and we have to supply him with uh, service, and we didn't do that tonight. And um, yeah, we just have to we have to look what's the game back. We have to look at ourselves all individually because it just wasn't good enough. And um, like I've said it probably ten times already, and we just have to. Obviously, we've got the FA Cup on Saturday now, but um, you know it is a long season. We were, have to just pick ourselves up, you know. We can. Um, we've showed this season we're very, we're a very good team. Um, we need to stay consistent. That's how you you stay in this league. You have, it's consistency, and um, we need to be consistent. I so said going through a bit of a sticky time at the moment, but it, it's, it's early days. You're only a third of the way through the season. It only takes a good run to get you back up there. Yeah, exactly. And um, we've, we've played well, and we've got our plaudits for it. But when we haven't played well, we we are going to get. Um, we weren't going to get that pat in the back, and we just have to sort of um, try and get our confidence back as players. And um, yeah, we just obviously we've got a break from the league on Saturday, but um, you know, it's just it's a tough one to take because it's, it was a very winnable game for us, and um, had a very good game plan going out there. And um, first ten minutes we done well, and just I don't know when the goal went in, sort of like we just we just changed as, as players. We just weren't on the front foot as much, and um, we just need to be doing better. Quite a lot of experience now in the dressing room. Where do you go from here? What's the next step? Um, all the lads obviously speaking in the dressing room after. Um, um, players have played in League One a lot. We've all played in League One, and um, we know what it takes to sort of get out of here, get out of this. And um, some probably we just need to sort of we just individually we just have to look at ourselves in the mirror and um, go home tonight and see what we could have done better. Um, because at the end of the day, it's on us, and um, we need to need to be playing better. Ryan, thanks very much. Cheers, thank you. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Coming up in a few minutes, we are chatting to Ed Bridges, who's one of the hosts of the 1912 Exiles Newport County Fans Pod, ahead of uh, County's trip to Lancashire on Saturday. Morecambe against Newport here at the Mazuma in the first round of the FA Cup. Ahead of that, though... Let's dissect the 90 minutes of action uh, that we've just seen here in League One where it's finished. Morecambe nil, Cambridge United 2. Myself, Dave Salmon, joined as ever by Matt Smith from the Shrimps media team. And Matt, not much you can say about a performance like that. It just it just wasn't our night, was it? It wasn't, no. Um, like we said in commentary, I think the first 20, 25 minutes of the game, I thought we were on top. We were defending well. We were carving out some strong chances. It looked really promising. And then all it takes is a moment of pure quality, one which is probably avoidable from our point of view in terms of, you know, could we have stopped the ball over the top? Could we have, you know, gotten out to the attacker a bit more, put him under pressure, possibly? But ultimately, it's a fine strike and we find ourselves one down after a really strong start to the game. Um, We look to respond well, but ultimately, again, we're just missing that that bit of quality that we've proven we have but just for whatever reason it's just absent, absent a little bit at the minute so yes yeah, another disappointing night I'm so frustrated Matt because we did start the game really well not didn't create too many chances that Wes McDonald effort that got tipped round the post probably the best of them but we looked good we looked solid we kept our shape well and they weren't really threatening us at all and like you say a wonder strike from, from Ben Warman. I think that's his first senior goal. He's never going to get a volley as sweet as that into the top corner in his career, I wouldn't have thought. But we had the chance to stop the initial ball and we definitely should have closed him down on the edge of the box sooner than what we did. But the way our season's going, 
all of those chances are flying into the net, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, we've had a couple of teams already this season score their goal of the season against us. Um, but it's not an excuse. Um, like we say, we, we had opportunities possibly to, to prevent it from happening and, and we didn't. But once it happens, it happens. You know, we don't dwell on it. We've got to try and put a, a performance in for the rest of the game. And large spells, again, we were just lacking a little bit, lacking a bit of quality in the final third. You know, build-up play was, was good. We was getting into good areas, good positions. But it was just like I say, that the final third that we just couldn't really find a goal and, and ultimately that's that's caused our downfall this evening. That's it, isn't it? It was just we just couldn't get going in the final third. We've done so much better than that so often this season. I think if we'd have been playing until Newport arrived on Saturday we still wouldn't have scored the way it went tonight. But the bottom line remains is we are in the relegation scrap now. It's as simple as that. And we have to do better in our home games than what we did tonight. It's just, that, that's it. That's the top and bottom of the whole thing. Yeah, I think if there's any crumb of comfort at all, then if anything, if we look at just our home performances, it's a bit of a one-off. We normally play a lot better than that at the Mazuma in front of our fans. Um, and I'm sure you know the gaffer and the players will be looking to put that right. Starting this weekend in a different competition, of course, but but certainly the first league game back after the international break. You're far more level-headed than me, Matt, but I am officially worried now. What? Where do we go from here? Well, I think, first of all, it's important to acknowledge the fact that we always knew that these spells were going to happen. Um, it's, it's, it's very rare for a newly promoted side into a, a division they've never been in before to take the league by storm and you know be comfortable all throughout the season. We had a comfortable spell in the first month or two with the results that we were we were um, getting and performances that we were putting in, and now you know we, we're a bit of a, a rocky spell, um, and it was expected. We'd be naive to think that, like I say, we'd just drift through the season without problems. Um, so I think, first of all, it's important that the team acknowledge that, but also work hard to, to put it right, and I'm sure that they will. And we are only a third of the way through the, the League One campaign. Of, of course, we are loads of time to, to turn things round, but I think, as we, yeah. I think as we spoke in our pre-match build-up towards the game tonight, didn't we, Matt, that these next block of five, the first one being tonight, was a good chance or is still a good chance for us to get a decent points haul and, and, and we've missed that opportunity yeah I think the, the overriding emotion is disappointment it's still raw obviously to, to, to lose by two goals to nil at home um, at a place that has been our fortress obviously since the season began it's disappointing of course it is um, but like I say you can only learn from it and I'm sure the gaffer and the players will be doing all they can on the training ground um, obviously in the international break as well to learn from it and to put it right. Nearly three weeks until our next League One game now, which is another huge game against Fleetwood Town away. That becomes, we use the phrase must win, don't we? But it's, a, it's becoming closer and closer to that must win with every game that we don't get the positive result. We just need to find the win from somewhere, don't we? We just need a, whether, whether it's a scrappy 1-0, an own goal, one off the backside, whatever... Just get those three points on the board. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could argue possibly it's a must-win in terms of giving the team confidence and, you know, getting out of this spell at the minute. In terms of a must-win defining our season, again, I'll say what I said earlier, I don't see it as a, as a must-win game in terms of we lose it, we're definitely going to go down or anything like that. I don't agree with that at all. So in terms of confidence and, and getting ourselves back to, to what we're familiar with, then, yeah, then you could argue that, you know, 
it, it is a must win in that respect. So to the cup then, Matt, we've used the word mouth-watering, have we? But, but it's, it's what it is, isn't it? We can, we can forget about our League One troubles for a, for a couple of days now and focus on what's going to be, hopefully, a great occasion at the Mazuma on Saturday. I'm sure it will be. Um, obviously, the little bit of rivalry, if we can call it that, um, with, the, uh, with the playoff final back in May. Um, they'll be hoping to get one over on us and we'll be hoping to, to, to get a win. So it promises to be a grand occasion. They'll be up for it, we'll be up for it, and hopefully it'll be uh, a memorable day for, for the Shrimps. And the return of Kevin Ellison once more. I suppose being a cup game, he's got a chance of, if, if he doesn't start, at least getting on the pitch at some point. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, you know, Kevin obviously was a great servant to Morecambe Football Club. And I'm sure the fans will look forward to seeing him. Obviously, they saw him at Wembley, but <laughs> it was probably a bit more of a nervy occasion back then. But yeah, it'd be... I'm sure that they'll look forward to seeing him back at the at the Mazuma Stadium, um, and hopefully we can replicate the success that we had back in May against Newport. And perhaps, just perhaps, Matt, a cup run can springboard us towards hopefully some more positive results in the league. Yeah, why not? I mean, we had the the cup run last season, uh, which was really strong in in many senses of the word. The only disappointment was the fact that obviously the fans couldn't be there to witness it. Um, So hopefully we can repay the fans for their support last season with another cup run this season and hopefully get to enjoy another day out at a, a big club like Chelsea. But finally, Matt, before we talk to Ed Bridges from the 1912 Exiles Newport pod, certainly a head scratcher for Stephen Robinson. He's got a lot to think about in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I think everybody's got a lot to think about, really. Um, the players will be scratching their own heads, thinking how they can put it right. The gaffer and the backroom staff will obviously be doing the same. Um, but it's important that the fans stick with it. You know, it's easy as Absolutely, fans yeah. to, to get a bit despondent and, and a bit down, which is natural, of course it is, when things aren't going right. But like I've said time and time again, like the manager and the players have said, we know the effect that these fans can have. So as long as the fans are getting behind them, then that's going to increase our chances of turning this little run around. Um, it's going to do, do those chances no harm at all. Long, long way to go, Matt. Long, long way to yeah. go. Matt Smith from the Shrimps Media Team. Thanks very much as ever. And we'll speak to you again on Saturday. Back in the commentary box at the Mazuma Stadium for Morecambe against Newport County in the first round of the FA Cup. Cannot wait for that. Now, if you're interested in advertising or sponsorship opportunities, cheaper than you might think as well, either on the Shrimps Verdict podcast, you can reach tens of thousands of people. Thank you so much if you've downloaded and shared and subscribed to the podcast so far. Also on Shrimps Live itself on Beyond Radio across North Lancashire and beyond, you can simply drop me an email for more details. It's dave.salmon at beyondradio.co.uk. dave.salmon at beyondradio.co.uk. You can send a direct message on Twitter at DP Salmon, or you can send a message to one of the Beyond Radio social media feeds too, and somebody will be back in touch. Now, Talking of the FA Cup, I've been talking to Ed Bridges. Ed is a presenter of the 1912 Exiles Newport County Fans Podcast to get the very latest on County ahead of their visit to Lancashire on Saturday. I mean, it's very tempting for me to spend 15 minutes talking about how you robbed us in the playoff final <laughs> and then two minutes talking about Saturday's game. But um, I, I, I shan't labour the point. I mean... I'd be interested to know how uh, how Morecambe fans all live with themselves, having stolen our place in the third division. <laughs> but um, uh, on to, yeah, Saturday's game. I think, yeah, it is shaping up to be a, a good tie. We're hitting form 
just at the right moment, I think, in the season. Um, we're obviously coming off the back of a wonderful 5-0 victory uh, at the weekend. Confidence couldn't be higher. We've got a new manager bounce. Um, and yeah, I think Newport fans are looking on this as a chance to potentially progress in the Cup and also, uh, yeah, stick a few past Morecambe, which I think we'd, we'd all quite enjoy. Let's drill. We'll, we'll drill down into uh, the actual game itself in a few minutes, Ed, if we may. But uh, let's go back to the end of May at Wembley. It clearly... I, I think so, just for a while, <laughs> if that's OK. I think it's still clearly, and, and maybe justifiably so as well, wrangles with many Newport County fans. So several months down the line, a quarter of the way through the next season. How are you feeling after that? Are you over it or, or is it a bit of, is there still a bit there? I, I think there was definitely a scar. I mean, for me, we'd lost a few years previously to Tranmere in extra time at Wembley in a playoff final. That game to me, I, I could kind of live with the result because Tranmere were the better side on the day. I don't think we were ready for promotion um, it, it, you know, it was just one of those. I think against Morecambe back in May, I felt Newport were were ready for promotion. I think if we'd gone up, we'd have made a good a good fist of it. Um, and I thought on the day itself, it was a good blood and thunder tie between two sides who um, had you know bits of quality in the squad going toe to toe. And I thought it was a match that deserved to be won by a piece of quality from one of the two teams. And I thought for it to be won by uh, a, a, a penalty given for something that wasn't really a foul and certainly wasn't in the area anyway, wasn't um, the way that that game should have been decided. And I think Morgan fans probably would have been well, not as disappointed as Newport fans yeah, were. Absolutely. But I think probably Morecambe fans would have felt yeah, yeah. that, you know, it deserved more than that. So um, I think Newport fans walked away feeling um, aggrieved, um, you know, and that's no disrespect to Morecambe. I thought um, they they played some good football at times. Their fans were, were good crack at the ground. Um, and I think we've been interested to watch how this season has unfolded for you and how you've fared in, in the third tier. But um, I think, yeah, as a game, it, it was a real disappointment for Newport to not do better than we did on, on the day. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that both teams, in terms of a game of football, or what there was no, it wasn't really much of a spectacle, really, was it? I suppose playoff finals are quite that way, aren't they, in the sense yeah. that there's, yeah, there's so think... much on the line that I'm not saying players freeze, but perhaps they're not at their free-flowing best and... I think I agree with you, Ed. Of course, being a Morecambe fan, we will take any bit of luck, any decision that we can get. And I'm sure if it had gone the other way, you would have been exactly the same. But I absolutely agree with you as well. that It was a shame that it had to end or it was decided in the manner that it was decided. I think if it was a great goal, you can hold your hands up yeah. and go, OK, yeah. that was a great bit of quality. Nothing we can do about that. But when it's a decision... If it goes your way, it's fantastic. If it goes against you, it's the worst thing in the world, especially when the stakes are so high. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and it, you know, it definitely took a little while for us to get over that. I think there was a little bit of a hangover into the start of the season. We lost 
um, a couple of uh, extremely good players uh, from from last season. So, um, Josh Labadee went to Walsall. Josh Sheehan has obviously gone to Bolton, um, and that left a big gaping hole in midfield that I think it's taken a little while for us to fill. Um, clearly, Mike Flynn was unhappy after that playoff final, and you know said as much to the media, um, and ultimately left at the end of uh, end of September. So. Um, you know, a lot of things perhaps began to unravel after that game that that wouldn't have done if you know we'd uh, we'd won, um, perhaps. But um, I think probably you know certainly after Saturday's game, I think if you ask most Newport fans, have we um, got over it? I think now we have. We've got you know new manager in James Robry who has come in, said all the right things, um, and has galvanised uh, a squad that is. Uh, perhaps a little bit large um, and needed someone to come in and have a clear sense of what he wanted to do with them. I think issues we had last season around lack of creativity in midfield have have now started to be um, addressed. Um, And although we lost a little bit of midfield bite, I think we've, we've kind of made up for that by having players who uh, maybe aren't as physical as we would like, but they do an awful lot of work and an awful lot of pressing in midfield to win the ball back in in different ways. And I think we saw that on Saturday against an admittedly quite poor Stevenage side. But um, I think there are signs that a Newport team that has been built on a a strong defensive base over the last few years is now moulding slightly into one that can can really go at teams and can hurt them and score a lot of goals in a way that we, we just weren't 12 months and, or, or two years ago. We'll talk about your new manager in just a second, Ed, but <laughs> was the departure of Mike Flynn, it seemed on the outside, something of a surprise. Was it, given the timing and, and, and the nature of it? Um, I mean, you know, there's all sorts of rumours and counter-rumours. I think probably he felt that maybe he'd, he'd slightly taken the team as far as he'd go and that perhaps he could move on and, and get a better job elsewhere, which I'm sure he will. I think he didn't like having a sporting director brought in above him and there was a clear tension there that he expressed after that playoff final defeat. Um, and so I think he felt it was it was time to move on. And, you know, that's a perfectly reasonable decision to make. I think, you know, I know football is not like any normal job, but we've all been in uh, in professional uh, situations where we've seen people who've been in a job a bit too long and need a fresh impetus, or um, you know, perhaps can go could go and apply their tr- uh, trade elsewhere and get better rewarded or, or better respected for it. And I think that was perhaps where where Flynn was. I think Newport fans have an awful lot of respect for the guy for rescuing us from certain relegation and then pulling us up by our bootstraps. And he's um, he's done incredible things at Newport and perhaps didn't always get the um, the plaudits that he deserved for that. And I have no doubt he will go on and make a success elsewhere. Um, I think ultimately we may look back and, and think, yeah, it was it was maybe the right move for Mike Flynn and perhaps the, the right move for Newport County as well. You touched on a good point there, Ed, when you said you've got to remember where, as a football club, you've got to remember where you come from. And I think Newport and Morecambe are two clubs who are very much on the up, but not ever so long ago, it could have gone a very different way if circumstances had been slightly different. And and, and that's, I suppose, from a legacy point of view, from both Derek Adams and, and from Mike Flynn, really, you have to remember, well, it's almost a tempering of expectations, isn't it? Because you start to do well, and then that expectation level rises. 
But long-term fans think, well, hang on a minute, just a couple of years ago, we might have dropped out of the Football League if things had been a bit... If we hadn't got that goal there and he hadn't saved that one on the last day of the season and he hadn't slit and, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think it, that, it, that, it, that's the problem we have is, is our, new, our, our fans now, because we are now starting to struggle in League One, it's amazing we're even in League One, but because we're now starting to struggle, fans are like, well, oh, this, isn't, this isn't very good, is it? But I think, well, remember where you come from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the thing we've talked about on the podcast in in the past that, yeah, football fans can be our own worst enemy at times because we think that our team is destined for constant success and and progression. Where, but you know, the world doesn't work that way, and um, there's nothing like a relegation scrap to uh, remind you that actually things things weren't quite as bad as they seemed. It focuses the mind, doesn't it? When yeah. uh, you know you you know you need a result to stay up, as has happened to both of our clubs uh, in the not too distant past. Let's talk about Kevin Ellison then, Ed. Oh if, yes, right? let's. A Morecambe legend, and I'm sure you're going to tell me he's a Newport legend now as well. I think he is. Uh, yeah, I mean he sort of is the anti Derek Adams. I mean, literally was the <laughs> yeah. anti Derek Adams at, <laughs> literally, uh, yes. at, at, at the Globe, but. Um, <laughs> I think in terms of just being a kind of life affirming individual who the sort of person you want around your club, the sort of person who makes the other players and the fans feel better just by being there and just by um, being a, a, a cheerful, outgoing, positive person. Um, I mean, yeah, he is just a, a wonderful force for good. Again, I think I've talked about it on our podcast in in the past, but I mean, my kids are members of our kind of junior supporters scheme. So on their birthday, they get a video message from a player. And, you know, sometimes they'll be they'll be they'll be good. Sometimes it'll be, you know, a kind of 19 year old low knee who will just kind of go uh, happy birthday and doesn't really know what to say. The one that Kevin Ellison sent last year for my lad's fifth birthday I mean, he spoke for about, he did a, like a three minute monologue, just, you know, being really like full of energy, you know, saying happy birthday, mate, hope you have a great day. And like just being really um, uh, enthusiastic about it. And you thought, well, I mean, that for me summed up what he's about, you know, something that other players kind of go through the motions with. There's no real uh, kudos or money in that, but it's something you do because you want to to make a supporter's life better. And um, yeah, I mean, my boy was chuffed to bits with it, but it also, I thought, said an awful lot about the man and the sort of, yeah. you know, everything he does, he puts 100% into. Um, and that's what he's been like at County. I mean, you know, he's not appeared loads this season. He's come off the bench uh, a few times, you know, sometimes when we've been defending a lead and have needed a, an experienced head. Um, and and that's great, you know, and I think he's doing a little bit of coaching in the background, and but mostly it's just having that experienced positive presence in the dressing room and yeah I think all county fans have a massive amount of respect for him and what he's done and he's still super fit as well of course I mean yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. Up 43 he's, he's uh he's the same age as me I think was we're a couple of weeks our birthdays are a couple of weeks apart um I, I couldn't run around a football pitch like he does I, I don't yeah. think he's ever going to want to retire is he no 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 absolutely um yeah he's he's an inspiration for everyone I think and he's scored his fair. Sh- he's not scored lots for you because he's not played a great deal, but he has scored some really important goals. And I suppose being the FA Cup on Saturday, Ed, he has got a chance of starting at the weekend. Uh, possibly. I mean, I think he will feature because I think he will have been in the manager's ear all week, going, "Give me some minutes." Um, so I, I would be astonished if he doesn't get onto the pitch at some point. Um, and yeah, we know what he's like. He will. He will want to. Um, 
get out there and play and he'll he'll particularly be motivated because it's Morecambe um, and yeah as you say he's not what's the what's the uh, the cliche he's not a, a big scorer of goals but he's a scorer of big, big goals goal, so yeah. yeah it wouldn't surprise me if he comes off in in injury time and you know pops up with a winner it's that sort of game that is made for Kevin Allison so yeah let's hope so hopefully he's going to pop up like he did in the playoff final and put it over the bar but anyway that, <laughs> that that's my point of view so we'll wait and see how that goes let's talk about your new manager then mm. Ed most Morecambe fans will know all about Mike Flynn and his style of play. We won't know much about the new gaffer. Tell us what everything we need to know. Yeah, so James Robry comes to us um, from Cardiff City, where he had been involved in the coaching setup under Mick McCarthy. Um, you know, perhaps chose a good time to get out of Cardiff City just before Mick McCarthy got uh, the boot. Um, but I think that is to underplay what is on his CV. I mean, he is one of the um, most... Uh, tipped coaches within the the Welsh setup um, so he's come through the Football Association of Wales I think he uh, was sort of the youngest person to do all of his badges and um, uh, was seen as and was talked up as being an extremely promising young coach um, he'd done bits, bits of coaching in the past at, at County he'd done bits with the FAW and then found himself um, in this role at Cardiff City and um, has this reputation as being a very forward-thinking, um, progressive coach. He's he's a, a young man. He's in his uh, sort of mid-thirties. It's the first time Newport have appointed a, a coach who is younger than me, so I now feel like a very old man indeed. Um, and um, yeah, but he's a Newport boy as well. So I mean, we again we talked about this on on the last podcast. You know, we we had this wonderful story about Mike Flynn, who'd grown up in Newport, had played for the club. You know, had this affinity with the team and you know to to appoint one manager like that is uh, is unusual in this day and age but to do it with successive managers and to bring someone in who you know I think was a, a ball boy for county in the days when we were in exile out in Morton and Marsh um, you know knows the city knows the club um, but also has come in and he's not just said the right things about the club and the fans he's actually talked really um, impressively about tactics um, you know, I think in, in one of the first post-match interviews he did, you know, he was talking about passes per defensive movement and all of this stuff that like the the, the analytics fans, you know, they love all of that. I mean, I, I, I don't have that uh, that perspective on the game, but, you know, he, he's clearly someone who understands the science of it as well as the, the passion. Um, and yeah, you know, he's come in and so far we've we've won uh, two games in two um, and we've scored eight goals and conceded one, I think. So um, it's looking good. And I think the other thing that has impressed, as I said earlier, um, there was definitely some concern about our lack of bite in midfield, having lost uh, Joss Labadee over the summer and we haven't quite replaced him in that kind of midfield enforcer role. Mm. What James Robry has done is to not worry about that. You know, he's put in some very energetic, uh, creative young lads in midfield, um, the likes of uh, Finazaz, um, uh, Oli Cooper. Um, they're not players who are going to outmuscle opponents, but what they do is work extremely hard, press uh, extremely hard, and then once they've got possession, they create stuff and do things with it. And I think that's why we got that very good result at the weekend. It's very early days, but um, all the signs so far are positive and I think most Newport fans think that this has been a, a very good managerial change. So in terms of um, formation, danger men, players to watch, who do we need to look out for? Um, 
formation is we we are sticking with this kind of five three two wing backs uh, formation that that had served Flynn very well. Um, like I say, the change is sort of with the the midfield three where um, it's uh, we st- we will have one player um, playing as a kind of deep. Uh, holding midfielder um, and that seems to have been Robbie Wilmot in the last few games who has traditionally been a, a kind of winger who swings in crosses and does a lot of running but um, seems to be finding a new lease of life playing as this deep deep lying midfielder to kind of spray passes um, for people to run onto. The danger man for me is Ollie Cooper who we've got on loan from uh, from Swansea I think it is um, who uh, looks looks the business and I suspect will go on and play at a much higher level um, he has uh, created an awful lot um, and can pick a pass, but he can shoot from distance as well. He looks like a player who will be the complete package in a few years' time. Um, I also can't not mention Don Telford, who has now scored uh, an astonishing number of goals. Got a hat-trick at the weekend. Um, I think it's something like seven games in three or something. You know, something. The, yeah, the, the number of goals he's scoring and the quality of the goals he's scoring. From a player who was a kind of journeyman who, you know, had found his way out of the team, couldn't get a game when he was coming on, wasn't quite looking there. And then in the last six weeks has just reinvented himself. And it's incredible what confidence can do for a player. Um, and he will give you a lot of, tr- of trouble, I think, on Saturday. Our Achilles heel is at the back. Um, I'll ask you about this, Ed, actually. We have conceded far too many goals this season from set pieces. Corners, not picking up at the second phase, third contact, all too easy. How good are you at attacking set pieces? Because that's where you'll get a lot of joy, I think, on Saturday. I mean, I, I'm not sure we've been great in in all honesty so far this season. Certainly, um, in the early phase of the season, um, corners were being um, wasted regularly during games. I would imagine a new manager coming in—that's a, a, a slam dunk to you know spend a few days working on set pieces um, and try and do things a bit differently. So. Um, that's one area where I would hope we we might see some improvement in coming weeks. Um, but it it certainly isn't the um, you know in the past. I think set pieces have been very important for us, um, and particularly kind of long throw-ins into the box as well, um, which we've we've used to our advantage. But I think we're a different proposition at the moment. And I think if you look at the goals we've been scoring um, in recent weeks, if if not over the season as a whole, they've tended to come from open play rather than from set pieces. So what's going to happen then? What's your what's your score prediction, Dave? I would like the one thing I I don't want is a draw, and I don't oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't think County want a draw either because we've got we are as as we record this now on on Monday morning we've got a game on Tuesday tomorrow uh, on second of November uh, and then that's our last league game for nearly three weeks because uh, we've had our game in a couple of weeks time again postponed because of international call-ups. That's the third time this season that's happened. That is unheard of. Morecambe having three international call-ups and having to postpone a game. You would never have dreamed of that last season, but it's happened three times now. Um, So I think that has perhaps changed our approach ever so slightly. I'm not saying we would have played a weakened team. We may have made a few changes on Saturday, but with no league game for two weeks to follow, uh, perhaps we may take it a little bit more seriously than than what we might have done otherwise. Uh, I mean, to be honest, with the injuries that we have, we can't make too many changes anyway because we haven't really got that many fit players in the squad to make those changes. 
I think it'll be a good game. I've, what, I've seen a lot of your goals, Ed, over the last few games. And uh, I, I saw one on Twitter, actually, that was disallowed. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You pass it around and it goes back and side and forward. And then eventually Alison taps it in after about 90 seconds of you're pinging it all over the place. And I think it was disallowed. I think it was offside on the header of back. Was, and, yeah. and that would have been goal of the season if that had gone in. So we're very aware of that. I think it's going to be two good teams. If you're playing five at the back or three at the back and wing backs, uh, we may match you up. We may put an extra central defender in, perhaps. I would anticipate we'll go our usual 4-3-3. So we'll be quite evenly matched. Maybe an extra man in the mid centre of the park, perhaps, to look out for. And I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be, certainly be an open game. Uh, I think we'll just edge it 2-1. Yeah, I think a, a little bit like you, I, I, it'll be a, a good open game of football. Mm. Um, I think the run we're on and the confidence being sky high, um, I would uh, like to think that we could go up there and, and get a win. I think it will be a, a, a much harder proposition than the last couple of games we've had. Um, but I, I think we might go and win it uh, 1-0. We're definitely, I suppose it's the same for a lot of clubs, but we are definitely a different proposition at the Mazuma Stadium than we are on the road. There's no, it's chalk and cheese at the moment. I mean, you've probably seen our results. The actual results on paper don't necessarily match how well we've played in spells in some of the games. Again, I suppose you can say that for a lot of clubs who are on a bad run away from home, but we aren't far off being a really good team. I think that's the frustrating thing from our point of view. We're not, um, and it's it's just finding that something, whatever that something is, to make everything else click. We're far better at home. We'll play on the counter, high press. We'll try and hit you with pace and with physical power. Where you can get joy, as I say, I think we're slightly light in the centre of midfield uh, due to injuries um, and set pieces, aerial threats, you will also get some joy there, I think, as well. I think that's that's going to be the focus of our of our training ground activities this week is is getting that really really tight head of the game on Saturday. Yeah, and I think for, for us, the I'm, I still have this residual worry about lack of pace amongst our centre backs. And yeah, if you can carve a ball through the middle of them, and you've got someone quick, which you do, who can chase onto those, um, that potentially is is our Achilles heel. But um, but yeah, at the moment on on the form we're on, it feels like nothing nothing can beat us at the moment. So uh, yeah, long may that continue. So in terms of the rest of the season, then Ed, I, I suppose with all the positivity that you've got, you're going to be gunning for at, at least the playoffs once more. Yeah, I mean, I think given that we're you know just nestled outside the playoffs at the moment, and we're we're starting to hit some good form, um, new manager bounce. I think. Playoffs feels like a, a reasonable ambition, um, but I think you know Newport fans would like to think we could have a good run in the FA Cup as well. It's it's a competition that served us well and created an awful lot of memories in recent years. Um, uh, the cup competitions so far this season have not gone entirely to plan. We had that eight nil home defeat by Southampton in the uh, in in the League Cup. Um, so I think. Uh, yeah, to put things right and maybe try and go on a bit of a run in the FA Cup and get some money into the coffers and uh, and also start to make some stories uh, for James Robry's time in, in charge uh, would be really good. So um, I'm going to be greedy and say we'd like a cup run and a playoff uh, bid if, if at all possible. And finally then, Ed, uh, the sales pitch, the, uh, the 1912 Exiles podcast. I've listened to a couple of episodes. It's a proper 
fans led podcast really drilling down into the nitty gritty of all things county where can we find that and how do we listen to it Oh, well, it is um, 1912 Exiles uh, on Twitter and Facebook. If you search for that, it'll it'll come up. And yeah, as you say, it is a by the fans, for the fans, uh, Newport County podcast. We try and give a, uh, a fairly objective analysis wherever possible over, over how things are at County. Um, I think um, some people at the club feel we're a little bit too critical. Some fans feel we're a little bit too, uh, uh, too full of praise for the club, which suggests to me we're probably getting it about right. Ed, good luck for the rest of the season after Saturday, of course. Hopefully we'll see you in League One next season. And here's to a great game at the weekend. Cheers, Dave. Thanks very much. A huge thanks to Ed Bridges from the 1912 Exiles. Newport County Fans Podcast for that fantastic insight and inside track on all things Newport County ahead of what will be a mouth-watering FA Cup first round clash at the Mazuma Stadium on Saturday. I cannot wait for that. There will be full commentary on iFollow. If you're not going down to the Mazuma, uh, we will speak to you then. And thanks as ever for listening to the Shrimps Verdict podcast. We'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.